Hello, hello, hello. I am your Rory O'Connell, hostess with the most, is Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. Goosebumps. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara especially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the mostest, Munoz. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. We are in a mood today, folks. Listen, global warming is real and New York City is falling apart. I mean, this is my home. I love it. It's the best city in the world. But I don't know what is happening here, um, especially today. Like, you know, this. I think it's just waking up to a lot of construction every morning because they're building um, some luxury high rise right across the street. So at like six, six thirty in the morning, it's like bam, 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 and it's 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 just not a joyous way to wake up. And then right before I started recording this podcast, there's construction out of my hallway, and people are screaming. I don't know what's going on, but I am in a mood. But we're I'm excited for today's episode, so I'm gonna fix that all real quick, y'all. Other than that, um, global warming is real. Like wh- how. Can someone explain to me how it was 80 80 degrees the other day in New York, and now it's 40, and there's, like, snow in the surrounding areas? I I need a gay, I need a gay weatherman. Do we think I can get Sam Champion on the podcast, and then we can, like, relate it to food, because we can talk about, like, the Farmer's Almanac or something? Wouldn't that be fabulous? Get that old queen on here. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going, but where I want to go is right into introducing today's guest who probably thinks I'm real crazy at this point. But 
I mean, we all have our days, don't we? So without further ado, please help me welcome the one, the only, Gavin Knox. Say hey. hi. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for giving me uh, time out of your very busy <laughs> celebrityism schedule these oh, days. I wish. I wish it was celebrity at this point, but I'm working on it. So who knows? Who knows? Fingers crossed. And yes. I'll see what happens. Yes. And I, it's, re- it's very nice to have to have that delicious accent on the pod, you know? <laughs> Keep you guessing. Lots of people kind of wonder, where is that from? Is that, is that, is that, is that not? So I like well, to play a little game with them. Well, we'll play a little game too. Uh, uh, <laughs> later. <laughs> How are you, babe? Are you doing well? I'm good. I'm good. Just kind of ticking by a long weekend. So yeah, at the um, at the end of my tether with, you know, kids being around longer than they should be. So I'm just kind of waiting for, to pack them off to school. Um, the show is kind of in its in its last runs. So it's the finale coming up. Um, I will I will keep quiet yeah, on we're, that. We're going to get into all of it because we need the gossip. I want all the details. I'll give you as much as I can. The workaround, can. the NDA. Yeah. But listen, Gavin, I got to do what I got to do. And before we get anywhere in the grand tradition of in your mouth, I need to wish you happy National Pineapple Upside Down Cake Day. Okay, that's that that, that's mouthful. pretty that's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, pineapple cake tends to be pretty much a mouthful. But yeah, that's flashbacks of my childhood. There, my mom used to make that. Um, yeah, you know there is a solid pineapple upside down cake recipe in the joy of cooking. Uh huh. It's a it's a d. It's like just won't go wrong. No, um, uh, it's the only one I've ever made, actually. <laughs> um, and so, you know, because it sounds delicious, and it's like that. Um, you know that like wet, really crummy sort yeah. of like. But that's yeah. what you want from an upside down cake. You want that Is almost it? kind of really, 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 really moist, almost sticky, and then yeah, you we, get, like, we you like know, it the... moist and sticky, honey. <laughs> Are we still talking about food here? Hello, you're on a podcast called In Your Mouth, so we 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 jump all right. Who knows right where it will go. <laughs> Listen, this is our space, okay? Uh-huh, so, uh-huh, indeed. This isn't some rigid food podcast where we have to, like, be Giada De Laurentiis or Ina Garten or, <laughs> or anybody being like, well, you know, the crumb and the, and the texture and, and the fluffy egg whites really make me, right? Uh, no. No, this, yeah, this is what really happens in the kitchen in more ways yes. than one. Let's keep it moist and delicious, Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You on this show, and we're going to talk about it soon, In Your Mouth listeners, the show that Gavin was on. Um, a, a cake took you out, girl. A cake took you out. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I prefer to think it wasn't so much the cake that took me out. It was those darn macarons. Oh, right? you know, the, the, we'll get the, into The, the dreaded M word. <laughs> Yeah. But oh my goodness! Wait, later. listen. You you held on to the last minute, and it was beautiful. <laughs> Pineapple upside down cake. Are there other like? Are there like peach upside down cakes and like berry upside down cakes? Is that I have done experiments in the past where it's just generally been putting whatever you feel like in there: bananas, peaches. Uh, a yeah. banana upside down cake. Banana upside down works really well. Those caramelized yeah. bananas. You yeah, know, and then like, or, do they caramelize in the oven, or do you have to like flip it and then brulee them? 
No, you basically carry it. I've done it where I've carried it out the same as a pineapple upside down. So you, they caramelize within the cake, within the oven. So it's almost like a, a slight twist on a banana's foster, almost. Yeah, or almost like the way you make flan, where yeah. you like burn the sugar on the yeah, bottom and, first. And, and, then and then put the fruit in on top, and then your cake layer in on top of that. Good. So, yeah, I tend to, I mean, I don't know if you know by now, but my approach tends to be, okay, that's the way it's done originally, but let's, let, let's flip that on its head and see yeah. what else we can, we can put in there, see what we can play with. Yeah, you know, it's like Missy Elliott once do. said, flip it and reverse exactly, it. Exactly, yes. exactly, and keep people guessing, you know, I they're in the kitchen. You know what, to hell with pineapple upside down <laughs> cake. I want banana <laughs> upside down cake. I will keep it coming. I'll keep you guessing with them. Okay. So All right. Well, you banana? know what? No matter what you celebrate out there, whether it's pineapple upside down cake day, banana upside down cake day, or I don't know anything that's anything that's moist and sticky. Today exactly. we celebrate you. <laughs> and moving right along to this day in gay history, because why the hell not? Uh, did Gavin? Did you know that in 1962, Illinois became the first state in the U.S. to decriminalize homosexual acts between two consenting adults in the privacy of their own homes? Oh, there we go. That's one of those little tidbits that we can reserve for later. So, food—it's—it's yeah. it's educational as well. Yeah, I mean, and we're trying to keep our history alive, and mm-hmm. also yet another week of shouting out our our Ukrainian brothers and sisters out there. Fighting for their lives, fighting for their homes. Uh, we wish you well. We think we're thinking of you, and um, we stand with you on this day for sure. Exactly. I think it's uh, sure. it's very easy in in this day and age, you know, post pandemic, to kind of get caught up in our own little bubbles and trying to get our own lives back on track. But I think we I think we still need to keep in mind there are other people out there going through stuff that's so much worse. And, uh, you know, it kind of puts things in perspective, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw some man have a meltdown at the juice generation the other day because his juice wasn't. And I I turned around to this woman. I said, if he curses at these people one more time, I, I. it's on. We're uh, I'm uh, yeah, stepping in. You know, yeah, let, let's get some perspective here. And like, you know, it's, honestly, it's, <laughs> honestly, I went to the store to get something for my employer the other day, and it, everything was going wrong. And they were so apologetic, and they were like, "Oh my God, we're so sorry." We're so, and I was like, "Y'all, it's fine. It didn't work today. This isn't urgent. I can come back. Right? Tomorrow's another day." It's, I was like, "Yeah, it's frustrating, but whatever." Mm. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> so, yes, it's it's all about putting things into perspective and yes, handling handling our own business and getting our lives and our minds and, you know, in the right place but also recognizing, you know, that there's bigger things out there that like are really really important that we need to stand with and stand for and stand behind and yeah, you know exactly. and every week I preach, you know, just paying it forward, doing something nice for mm. nice for somebody and you know, creating that. Absolutely. Um, I think even, you know, no matter how small the step, it's still a baby step in the right direction. Yeah. You know, rather than doing nothing or rather going in reverse, if you if you have that in mind and you're doing your bit, well then, if everybody does their bit, all of those efforts together, you know, who knows what we could achieve. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And um, plug, plug for me, sorry, because I forgot <laughs> to mention this at the beginning, but this is right on topic. Um, I've hired out my girl, my good graphic designer girl, um, who's really, really busy these days, so hopefully he can come out and we can do this. But I'm hoping to come out with um, some Pride merch, y'all, some Pride merch, one of which will benefit... You know, some sort of food bank that helps LGBTQ people like God's Love We Deliver or maybe can ha- go to Ukrainian aid. I haven't figured out the logistics yet because I need to make sure I can get this out on time and then get it out to the masses so you all can get it in your hands on time. Very nice. Um, and it's going to be cute. It's going to be cute. And because, you know, I love to put out a shirt that's wearable, you know. Uh-huh. So small plug, but a plug in... On top, a positive on the, plug. On a the topic plug. of trying yeah. to give back and, you know, trying uh, on the topic of like one person can make a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with that, I want to get to the getting on, right, y'all? Because in your mouth, listeners, if you don't know, but you probably already do, Gavin Knox, a gay dad of two, is Toronto's yes. very own award-winning baker writer and food collaborator that finished fourth in the semifinals of Food Network Canada's Great Chocolate Showdown. Sorry, spoiler alert, but I've been telling you y'all since Evan Newfer was on that you had to watch the show. So if you haven't caught up, it's not my fault. Selected from thousands across Canada and the U.S., Gavin was one of 10 home bakers to go head-to-head in the indulgent world of chocolate, vying for the grand prize of 50000 Canadian dollars in a range of creative and exciting chocolate-based challenges. Gavin has previously been featured on Global TV News, on Super Bowl Entertaining and Foods and has been featured in the Guardian's travel section discussing the best places to eat in Ontario. Ooh. In the UK, his previous home until five years ago, Gavin Guest appeared on the daytime show Mel and Sue, hosted by the original presenters of the Great British Bake Off, baking one of his signature unexpected flavor combinations, limoncello f- frosted blueberry, black garlic, and coriander seed cupcakes. Mm. In 2014, he walked away with the Guardian slash Observer Food Monthly Award for his quirky brownie recipe featuring chocolate-covered streaky bacon. Gavin has worked with the likes of confectionery company Hope and Greenwood uh, Station Cold Brew Coffee and Red Tape Brewery delivering tailor-made recipes. Yes, and... That proves I can... That was a mouthful. That that, that was a mouthful. So, you know, kudos to you for doing that. Woo! You know, and I practice these things, but like... But, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> that required yes. breath control just to uh, keep talk going. About, yes, talk about gay food liberty, y'all. <laughs> gay food liberty. What was your biggest takeaway, now that I've spoiled the whole thing for, for the listener, but I think you, y'all out there should still go find it on however you can, streaming, um, you know, Food Network Canada's uh, Great Chocolate Showdown because it is, there is a whole lot of queer excellence on the show for sure. What was your biggest takeaway from the show? I think the biggest one I had was, like a lot of people going into a competition like that, you expect it all to be about, okay, I'm here, it's, it's not 
great chocolate sorority or great chocolate friendship. Um, and it's about the competition. And what actually happened was we, there were members of it who really got close and we really got together. There was some really tight bonds formed, but it wasn't at the sacrifice of what we were there to do. We managed to keep that fine balance of supporting each other and propping each other up and helping each other out, but also with, okay, I'm here in this competition. I'm going to deliver my best without being too cut cutthroat about it you know i i love that you just said this ain't no rupaul's best friend race <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, 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 it was surprising it snuck up and you kind of realize that oh my god you know this person is having a tough time or they've had a tough day and you you end up you know spending time with them and kind of just being there even if it's just to for them to decant to you about the shit that they're going through um because it's it's an extremely weird environment where you're thrown in with nine other complete strangers. You're away from your friends and family. And I guess I was lucky because I live in Toronto and I was still in familiar surroundings. But the rest of the bakers, they, it was all completely new to them. And that can be really disorientating, especially when you're in a high-pressure environment. So to have those people that you can literally just kind of go, I don't know what's going on, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, you know, and just have that, bleh, that verbal diarrhea with about how you you know, just need to talk issues through, That's actually, that was actually really good. And yeah, that was my main take out of it. There was some really solid friendships that I have with people. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, who do you think is going to take it home? Mm, I, I, you know what? The th- people that are left in the finale, I'm happy with whoever takes it home because I'm close to the three of them. Um, they're all it's, massively talented. It's Evan, it's... Um, Evan, Bree, and Miley. Yes, Evan, Bree, and Miley. Yeah. And that Miley, would you agree? Let's gossip a little. Would you agree that Miley <laughs> keeps somehow getting saved when you think she's she's going home? She always week? pulls it out of the bag. And I think that that's testament to her talent. You know, it, it's it's a situation where she could so very easily crumble and just kind of go, I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to throw in the towel. But she sticks with it. And she's, she's amazing when it comes but to, no, every I'm going to. Every week I'm like, oh, she's going home and she's in the bottom, but nope. They like, they're like, nope, we're going we're gonna to push you through, girl. Right? I was like, hmm, what's happening here? <laughs> she's amazing, though. I love her to bits. I love all the to bits. You know, as I said, we we formed really close friendships. And it was a hard time, I think, with the top five of us because we were all close. And it was that dichotomy of, I don't want to see them go. No, why do they have to go? And then it's like, but they have to go because that means then I stay. You know, it's that conflicting set of emotions there. But it was... who's going to win? Somebody fantastic is going to win. (laughs) Nice way of trying to trick me out of that. But, you know, you've only got... well. I've only got another night to wait before I can officially start saying it to people. But it, right. it's, been, my, it's been a journey. My money's on Evan. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to say it and not because he, I love him and he's been on the show. And you can, in your mouth listeners, you, you can go back and listen to Evan Morgan Newfer's episode. He was fantastic as well. But um, no, after watching, that's where my money would be. Hmm. 
you know, no, I, I would I would put money on Evan as well. But you know, you know, again, as somebody that's been there and somebody that's been through it, it's I'm torn really with it. I, ha- you know, I have the, conflicting emotions. It's like these, Sophie's Choice. <laughs> these competition shows are next level because once that clock starts, anything can go wrong, and because of the legality of it all. As someone who may or may not have been part of a competition show and still can't talk about it, um, allegedly, um, you know, because of the legality of it all, once that clock starts, they can't stop. And whatever goes wrong, yep. You're at goes their wrong. mercy. You're at the mercy of that, in this case, the big teal clock, which, you know, is up on the wall is counting it down and bizarrely seems to operate to its own time frame. I've never had two and a half hours go by so quickly. But yeah, yeah, once it starts, that's it. All bets are off and you better hope that the gods are smiling on you. I mean, as somebody who who had things go wrong, it's kind of like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? How can I pivot? What can I do? And you have, you know, hundreds of emotions and thoughts going through your head and you're trying not to look like Bambi cotton headlights. It's it's a it's a situation that no regular human being ever I don't think I can't think of another situation in life where the kind of thinking and reacting that you have to do is similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because once something goes wrong, you're not in your own kitchen. You you are limited to whatever is around you. The you have to think really quickly yeah completely on your feet completely on your feet and if it will work and if you have enough time to do it and and let's not forget the camera crew (laughs) yeah you know who are there up in your face and you're kind of thinking okay i don't have time for this right now i I need to get on with this yes but yeah you have to it's as i say to people it's a bit like being a duck on water you know you're on top you're you're going you're still going but beneath you're pedaling like crazy and you just have to try and get something together get it yeah keep going with it or else it's you know the fear sets in and then before you know it you're standing stuck still there which you don't want where does the love of baking come from for me it's it's complete my mom um my memories of childhood are very rooted in the kitchen being an infant in the kitchen watching her not knowing what she was doing at the time but knowing that it would end up in something delicious um and yeah it's completely rooted in that and I guess for me, it's it's this weird conflicting because I'm not particularly close with my family. I'm actually estranged from my family. They have an issue with the whole gay thing. And one of my big main passions in life, baking and food, comes from my family and comes from my mom. But then I have the side of me that's LGBTQ as a member of that community that is like, okay, that's conflicting with it. So... I think at the the ripe old age that I am now, I've learned 26. to yeah, tw- twenty deja twenty six, <laughs> as, I, as I as I refer to it. Um, I've learned, I guess, to kind of just be at peace with that and go, okay, that's as bad as that was, and bad as it is, that kind of lends itself to some of the good characteristics in my well, life. And absolutely, you know, but um, yeah, my love of food is completely rooted in my mom. I. I thought was she was amazing um the stuff she could pull out in the kitchen and do in the kitchen and especially with minimal ingredients you know there was some fast and fantastic bakes and food that she did and i've learned to kind of take that and now that i'm a parent myself 
use that and use that kind of almost intuition within the kitchen. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And we actually see it on television too. That depression era cake you made with the vinegar. And yeah, the, with the vinegar. It, it kind of right? it makes people do a double take because they think that's a bit of a glum name for it. I'm right? like, okay, th- this is where it comes from. It's from the era. It's not because you can eat it when you're depressed or sad. You know, it's, I mean, it, you could. You could. I, I, you, I mean, it's very good. It looked delicious. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's amazing. It's one of my favorite sponges, and it is so so easy. I mean, it's literally just an all in one container mix and then bung it in the oven and away you go but yeah i'd like to i guess use things with a bit of history in them and a bit of meaning and then flip it on its head yeah 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 absolutely absolutely this is a great segue into what i always say on this podcast about how our stories matter and how We never know who's listening because you as um, a gay dad of two, right, having your own family and then getting your inspiration from your family who you are estranged from and you can speak so eloquently about it. Can you speak to us about what coming out was like for you? Oh, coming out was slightly comedic i will have to say at start so i I was a late bloomer um i came out when i was 20 21 22 and i can still remember the conversation with my mom vividly um it was in the kitchen of course and said to her look can you sit down i have something i want to talk to you about and instantly you could see the parental motherly worry come on her face going oh my god what what is it what is it you you know you've you you're going to move in with a girl and i was like no that that that's not happening her, her <laughs> next her next false answer was was even further from the truth it was oh you've gotten a girl pregnant <laughs> i was thinking no that's not that's not going to happen either and i just said to her, look mom I, i'm gay so i've been and at that point i'd been in a relationship for nearly 2 years and that kind of answered her next question, which, of course, was the habitual, are you sure? You know, and I was like, all right, I've been with this guy for two years. I, I think I'm pretty sure by now, you know. And that was, I guess, where it kind of ended, where the communications ended with it. Um, my parents would fit right in with the whole don't say gay bill at the moment because it was... It was something that was there and they never made a big deal about it, but they never actually acknowledged it or celebrated it either. Um, my boyfriends at the time, they were always referred to as, oh, my buddy. You know, it was almost that kind of vintage code, code of saying it. And it was, it got to a point where it was, okay, I need to step away from this in order to save myself, save how I feel about myself, save any possible relationship with it. And so, yeah, coming out to the rest of my family, although I did it, it had happened before because my mom had, you know, got on the phone straight away to my sister and my sister told my brothers. And then before I knew it, everybody in the family knew before me even saying it to them. Um, And there was a lot of decisions made on their part of, what would happen in the sense that they would just, I mean, we're talking about occasions where they would just blank me in the street. And it, it, was, it was a tough time to go through. But, you know, as a gay man, it was that classic time of turning to chosen family and realizing, okay, there are other people out there who've experienced this. There are other people who haven't experienced it, but are still willing to, you know, support me 
in recognizing that this is a really traumatic time. Um, and yeah, on the whole, even with my husband and my family now, it got to a point of engaging with my family when I did and still being the ones constantly doing that effort, you know, constantly making that step and having it shut down. And hard decision to make, but it was a decision I had to make in the end to just kind of go, you know, I'm just going to cut ties because I guess the easiest way for me to say it is a bit like having an appendix. When that starts kicking off, you just whip that shit out and you have to step away from it. You have to get rid of in order to make that decision for your own sanity, safety. And for me, it wasn't just about me anymore. It was about my kids as well. I didn't want to have them in the crossfire or them questioning like, well, why is, you know, granny and grandpa not talking to you or why don't they, you know, communicate? So it was like, yeah, they understand. They're old enough now. They realize the sometimes the world can suck. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's a testament to to what I call the glow up, you know, in recognizing recognizing what's good, recognizing what you need for you and then and then shining through that with mm. your beautiful family, with your two children, you know, and then on top of it going on television and representing yourself and the community in a very specific way, mm. right? Also beautifully. Yeah, that, that was one of the main reasons. I had my own personal reasons for going on the show in the sense that I've always wanted to do it. And it was a lot about proving to myself that, you know what, yeah, people say I'm good at it, but am I really? Or are they just being kind and being friends and family? So there was that aspect. But a lot of me going on the show was also as part of representation. And that was as a gay parent, as a parent who had quit their professional job to become a full-time parent, as as a bear member of the LGBTQ community. And I have to say, I was really over the moon that on the program, they included what I said about that and how that was part of who I was and what I represented. And through they truffles. Com- yes, through truffles, through truffles. Not not very good way, but it was through truffles nonetheless. They were cute. <laughs> I liked them. I didn't mind that there there was a few missing. I was like, oh, it looks nice because it, it goes with the bear theme. You see the wood. Yeah. yeah. I, I was here for it. And you well, won that good. day. More spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure they can find synopsis somewhere. But yeah, it was it was actually really, really good being on the show and not feeling that I had to compromise in any way who I was or what I was about. I, I went on there to represent in 100% authentically being me. And there was at no point that I had to kind of think, oh, they're not allowing me do this or they're they're telling me I can't say that or they cut certain bits out. You know, they included for me what were my kind of keystones. Yeah, and that's what I said to Evan as well was really caught me at the beginning of the show was that there were there was a broad spectrum of LGBTQ people represented mm-hmm. on the show. Absolutely. And and baking out loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That, was, and it was great. It was great. Yeah, they, they, they got us all together and literally just kind of let us be ourselves, you know, in so many ways, not to, through baking, through how we talked about things, who and what we represented. So it wasn't like, okay, we're just, just going to tick our LGBTQ plus box and we have these amount of contestants and that's where the job ends. 
you know, the production company behind it were 100% happy to go. You, you do what you do. That's why, that's why you're here. Yeah. And you know what? I have been preaching this a long time too. There aren't really queer people on Food Network. Like where are the hosts? You know, where are the, the people yep. cooking? Besides Amanda Freitag and Ted, Ted Allen, like who else is out there, right? Especially queer people of color. Yeah, right? I think there's such a danger of, as I said, almost like getting the hosts in or the presenters in and that's, the, that's thought of as being the job done. For me, what I really like is when you get to know more about them, you get to know their personality, their family, their background, and yeah. it, fleshes, it fleshes them out a bit more and makes them seem so much more human. And like, like you keep saying, you never know who's listening. So there could be somebody out there in the audience that goes, actually, you know what? I, I relate to that person. Yeah. And it's why I do what I do here. You know, um, I had someone slide in, uh, slide into my DMS, a beautiful trans person talking to me about trans representation through food and how, uh, some of the people who have recently been on the podcast, uh, really inspired this person Mm. and really, uh, inspired their like want of baking and like to to show out as themselves and i mean it's why it's why i do what i do you know it, yeah. it, we are tangible people we are not the beyonce's and the billy porters and the you know we are people that are reachable tangible re real for lack of a better yeah word. it's, it's possible to I mean? make a connection there and actually get you know that kind of grounding in it and realize yeah this person gets me it makes, and I think and, and that's, it makes it real. It makes it absolutely real, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and it's what 100. we need. So thank you for sharing. And I think right now would be a great... <laughs> I am not watching the new Kardashian show, but I obviously feel like I'm on it today. You can't get away from it. Even, I'm the same, I haven't watched it, but every time I open social media or look anywhere it's on the on. news, it's, like, it's not, on, something's happening. Some, some something's happening with shown. them and it's, it's being shoved down our throats whether we want it or not. So I've accepted it like this. Um, no, that's really annoying. And so I'm going to stop that. And we're going to take a quick break. And then I'm going to be back with Gavin. And we're going to go to my favorite part and your favorite part of the podcast. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right, Gavin, I think now's a great time to take you out to my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something we like to call Food News Updates. Food News. Uh, Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News Updates. Restaurant offers discount to diners willing to lock their phones in jail. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know how I'd be about that. I do love my Instagram. So, yeah, constantly papping the food. Mm, 
It would depend on the restaurant. The camera eats first. Always, honey. <laughs> camera eats first, right? <laughs> Listen, I am I am here for this, I think. Only mm-hmm. because, well, let's start. Thank you to Food and Wine, who's not a sponsor. But why would they be a sponsor when I just keep getting all my food news from them anyway? But I'm still going to put that out there, you know? Another thing that grinds my gears today, Gavin. It's, it's a, a long list today. I know. Well, it's just one of them days. Anywho, a restaurant in Kent, England, is offering to knock 20% off their customers' bills, but only if they're willing to lock their cell phones in a tiny tabletop jail cell. Diners will be given the keys to the little phone jail, but their iPhones and Androids will have to be padlocked inside for the duration of their meal. Hmm. I can, I, can, I can see where it's going with that, but there's also part of me that doesn't like being told what to do. <laughs> that rebellious side is going, okay, you've told me not to do that, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Well, I mean, listen, they give you an option. You mm. fully have the option and you have the key. Yeah, so, I guess it's, it's, a, it's a test of willpower. Right? It's not, mm. it's not you have to lock your phone up. It's just, hey, if you want a 20% discount. Um, lock your here, phone. Lock your phone <laughs> away. Step away from the phone. Step away from the phone and have like a real moment with the people mm. you came to dinner with. Mm. I, th- I think it's a fine line. I mean, I, d- I am, a, you know, conscious of... I've been out and seen people who completely just live on their phone and not just, you know, papping the food, but do their business on the phone whilst they're with their significant other or other people. And that, so, yeah, that's annoying. I can get that. So I'm conflicted. Yeah. Conflicted of Toronto. You know what? I am conflicted that you have to offer a discount, you know, Mm. especially after... The pandemic and what the restaurant industry went through. I'm thinking of this restaurant owner, but maybe he has all the, or they have mm. all the money and can afford to just give discounts. Uh, Spice Fusion be- manager Rajiv Gupta told Kent Online a couple of years ago, we had a large group come in for lunch and I noticed something was different. As I watched them, I realized they were all engaged talking to each other and none of them had their phones in their hands. So, This is what gave him this idea. Mm. Um, And they're not the first restaurant to do this. London's Tea Terrace restaurants and Tea Rooms uh, debuted what it called the phone attentory, a box with a combination lock where customers could stash their devices. Um, They wanted to bring back good old conversations. The Fat Boar Pub in Wrexham, England, has also locked willing patrons' phones away. And their staffers kept the keys. Um, Bisteca in Sydney, Australia, had their digital detox program. (laughs) So there's uh, a market there for it. There is, you know. And even a McDonald's in Singapore got in on the mini trend, installing small plastic lockers uh, where those who wanted to experience what they called a fun family play date could leave their phones during their meals. Hmm. You also kind of have to wonder, though, why does there have to be the place to lock them away? Why can't people just decide, I'm not going to do it? It's it's almost that. I think the temptation <laughs> isn't there then, you know? But, yeah, to me, to me that's, that's what raises more questions. Is it with people just kind of having to alter their mindset to go, okay, I'm not going to actually go on my phone and make the conscious decision rather than have somebody like the restaurant step in and say, no, we're going to lock it away. 
for you. Yeah. Um, I also saw a trend a long time ago that people were doing where they would stack their phones on the table or put their phones in the middle of the table, mm. and the first person to touch the phone pays the bill. <laughs> that, that's a novel way of doing it. I but think yeah, that's a great it, idea. It, it, it depends on the party number. I mean, if you're there just with, with one other person, that's not so bad. But if you're there, you know, with a party of eight, that's that's you, yeah. you better. It better be important to touch that phone. <laughs> yep. And my cheap ass, I'd be like, good night. Yeah. I, I would. I would throw the phone away. <laughs> I'm off the grid. There is yep. no. You just won't get a hold of me. Nope. Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it seems like we're here for this. You know, shout out to you for, like, trying to make a difference in the world and trying to have, you know, people reconnect with Mm. each other. You can drink at British pubs in the nude thanks to a new events company. (laughs) Isn't that just like Friday night at some of the bars in in any of the gay villages, (laughs) really? Like Wednesday night at the Eagle, Jockstrap <laughs> yeah, night, yeah. or uh, there is a nude party at Rock Bar here uh, some Friday nights, right? Called the Go Naked. And, and what's their? Does it say what their reasoning is behind it, or is it just this is a theme night? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I mean, there is also in Key West for all the, my straight listeners. Shout out to you, um, or bisexual listeners, or however you identify. Um, there's, what is it called? In Key West, it's the Garden of Eden. And that's a nudist bar. Oh. Yeah. Everyone is catered for. Right? Right? Listen. Uh, Well, I mean, nothing on events bills itself as seeking to normalize naturism or naturism and social nudity whilst breaking down the negative stereotypes of media inspired body image and encourage everybody to accept their body as is. They threw a party on March 26th at, and the, it was their inaugural event, a clothing free gathering at the Royal Oak, a small pub outside of Guildford, Surrey. Look at that. Oh. This is just the last place I would have expected having some experience of Guildford, but hey, maybe it's changed since I lived in the UK. Maybe, or maybe, or maybe those old English folk wanted to. Be naked. Oh yeah, I mean, having having spent some time in English, you know, countryside living, there there can be, yeah, there still waters run deep, basically. <laughs> Listen, maybe they, maybe maybe you know, grandma and grandpa wanted needed. To air out the bits, right, <laughs> at the local pub. That's a very <laughs> diplomatic way of saying it. <laughs> now, these are non-sexual events. These are, like, just, like... Just there. They happen to be drinking. They happen to be naked, so... They so, happen to be naked, you know. Yeah. So it's, hap- it's, it's, I guess it's not that much different um, to... In Toronto, we have, I think it's during the spring, spring, summer, there's a naked bike ride. So yes. you can literally see, you know, a whole throngs of people cycling through Toronto and downtown Toronto completely stark naked. Have and you participated? No, I haven't actually. I'm, <laughs> I'm much more a spectator. Spectator and, and the critique. 
Would you not go? <laughs> would you not go to Naked Night at the local pub in in Guilford? Well, Guilford, Guilford, as I said, my experience of it is, uh, yeah, it's not the place I would choose to go out to be honest. And also, it's a bit of a trek from Toronto now, I have to say. That, yeah, I'd, I'd much I'm, rather just go to the Toronto Gay Village. <laughs> <laughs> Hang out at Woody's, you know? Yep, Woody's, of course. <laughs> I don't know if I'm here for this. You know what? Live your life. I'm here for this. I, d- I don't know if Gavin's here for this. this is what I should say. I, I'm on the fence with my clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the only thing to say is don't get a splinter. And yes. last but not least... Food and Wine magazine announced its 11 new uh, food, the next great food cities. And they've announced the 11 of them. Uh, they're American food cities here. Um, and they go like this. Cincinnati, Ohio. Boise, Idaho. F- feel free to stop me if anything like really piques your interest, Gavin. <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. Um uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. And what, I mean, what was their reasoning or how did they decide these? Is there a specific criteria or is there a specific food that, that they decided, oh, these are the ones we're going to include? I think I have to say, I don't have much experience of U.S. cities for food other than um, New York, Las Vegas. Yeah, they're, they're, they're my two cities that yeah, I've been Yeah, I think what, what's happening here in my mind is that, um, you know, people people have moved all sorts of places during the pandemic mm. or as the world evolves and changes and with, like, the influence of social media, I think these smaller towns or lesser visited cities right. are really, like, the people who love, love and live there mm-hmm. are really have taken on, like, why does New York have to have the best, I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, katsu or you know omasake or i don't know why i'm going down a very japanese road right now but um you know what i mean like no yeah we could do this here too you know Mm. like i went to portland maine with my mother last summer the food was ridiculous ridiculously Mm -hmm. good and i'm not only talking like lobster rolls and like oysters like any meal we had we had one mediocre meal yeah there. No, I completely get that. It's the whole thing of shining the spotlight on, you know, the little guy almost, for lack yeah. of a better way of saying it. Um, and I can get that because that was one of the reasons why I loved moving here to Toronto. In When we lived in London, the food scene there was very, you had to pay through, you know, you had to pay a really high price to get good quality food. Whereas here in Toronto, you can just get it across the board, a bit like you're saying with Portland, Maine. You know, the smaller places, the food trucks, the food stands, you can get some really tasty, delicious food for, you know, not next to nothing, but for a decent, reasonable price. And it helps, I think, to have to have them recognized for that. So if that's what this list is doing, then, yeah, I'm completely here for it, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, even down to Jersey City. Oh, mm. got to take a train to Jersey City. <laughs> but, yeah, um, the kids are out there doing the thing, and, yes, these big cities, like my home, New York, uh, is our, you know, do what we do over here, but, like, you know, there's really great things happening. Tucson, Arizona is mm. on the list, and Chef Maria Maison 
who uh, was on the podcast as well, shout out to you, is a big, like, you know, visit Tucson advocate because mm-hmm. that's her home. And she's doing fantastic things out there with her cooking. And and so, yeah, I, I love that. I'm absolutely mm-hmm. here for this. And, you know, all the more reason to rent a Winnebago and take a road trip. To right? hit the open road. <laughs> You could do a two-on-foo and end up somewhere. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, um, Lake Titicaca. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and with that, I think that's the best way to end <laughs> food news update. <laughs> Where is Lake Titicaca? I have no idea. I'm sure once we finish here, I'll probably go off and Google it just to find out. Oh, it's in South America. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. It's uh, it straddles the border between per- Peru and Bolivia. I knew it was yeah, a real go. There, there. You were just stringing words together. It, it's real. <laughs> it's real. That's right. And it may have to be the the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to Lake Titicaca. Yes, with Gavin Knox. <laughs> are Are you finally going to let the audience know where you're actually from, born and bred? I'm originally from Waterford in Southeast Ireland, so most people know of it through Waterford Crystal, the oh. glass that's made. Um, sadly, it's not made there anymore. Uh, but yeah, I was born there, spent most of my life there, and then I moved to the UK and met my husband there and lived there for about 14, 15 years. So my accent is kind of a weird hybrid between UK and soft Irish and then, yeah, five, five and a half years ago, we moved here to Toronto. So I have a lot of people here who actually think I'm from East Coast Toronto. So Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, because their accent is, it's really weird. Even for me as an Irish person, it, it sounds really Irish. Um, but yeah, I've, yeah, as you can see, I've trekked around a bit. I love that. I love that. What's next for you now that you, now that you finished top four? Yes, top four. I still can't believe it's quite surreal. A great chocolate actually. showdown. Yeah, the last. Even though, wait a minute. Wait a <laughs> what, minute. What, 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 what? Right? Your gay card is in question here because you went out on a fashion challenge. <laughs> I know. Shame. On a, the the shame. 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 <laughs> I'll have to just take to the streets <laughs> with a bell. I know of all things to go out on that. And that's why I still say it was those damned macarons that really kind of sealed the deal for me. Um, you know, Tim, that, Cu- Tim Gunn is really le- is letting out a very large sigh for you. Today, yes, okay? I did not. Ma- I did not make it work. Put it that way. <laughs> um, so next for me, I guess I want to try and capitalize on the time on the show. Um, as I mentioned on the show, having having my own book is like my first stepping stone on that dream of, you know, being one of those personalities that we talked about earlier that actually represents that is more than just, oh, yeah, they're, they're a gay, you know, food personality that people actually know more about me. And I think I'm I think from the show, people do that. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. so much a complete stranger to them. There was every facet of my life that I presented there. My family, my husband, my engagement story, my marriage, um, me as a member band. of the, yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm hoping to kind of <laughs> just show people that, yeah, you know, here I am and 
hopefully somebody will kind of recognize and go, ah, so if he can do it, maybe, you know, I can. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And that's all that's all we can hope for. Right. Yeah. Because you shine so brightly on the show. It's uh, such a pleasure watching you and watching, you know, just watching the show. It's it's very well done, you know. Mm, it's, um, I think it surprises people by how how well done it is and how quick and how manic the pace is. I think other is. cooking shows, people are used to, oh, it's, you know, they're going to make this and they've got, whereas now it's you have to make this and it's five minutes left and what are you doing and something's gone wrong. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What's the male host's name? Steve, Steve Hodge, Chef Steve, Steve Hodge. Steve Hodge. Is Steve Hodge family? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I, uh, I'm, pre- all- I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain he's not. But. With all that work, though, honey. <laughs> if he's like, listening to this, he's gonna have nightmares. <laughs> no, listen, it's it's all in good, it's all in good fun and and love. It was said with love, but like the judges are amazing, though. They're, the Joan they're, Rivers they're... of it all. I was obsessed. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, the shades. We have to, I'm sorry, we have to talk about it, all right? Because he he's also the he's also the first one to be like, yeah, this was good, but it's not good enough. You know? Yeah, he's he's the I guess the the anti-hero, the the villain of the judging panel. You know, for lack of a better word, saying almost is. the Simon Cowell of it. You but know, yes, what you said you were good, but not Cowell. good enough. Maybe maybe they made him get the work, you know, to amplify that. I love it. Included as part of the package, you know, to just amplify like the you have to be the the, somewhat of the villain judge here. The austere look, (laughs) yeah. When when he asks, "Is it in temper?" and yeah, holds it up to his ear. Uh, Yes, I'm like, really, Queen, really. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to you, Steve Hodge. We we love you. Oh my goodness. No, I'm just sitting there watching the show and I'm like, who is this person? You know, I love an yeah. interesting I love an interesting character. You know, that's definitely a draw on anything I watch. That's I yeah. think it's why I watch a lot of the housewives, because they're also a lot of them are so like quirky and interesting and pulled and prodded and it's like what are you what is happening here? Yeah, what's you going know? on? What's what's your story? What are you yeah. about? And why yeah. are you about it? Yes. Right. And and he's yeah. one of these people that I'm like, I want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> he does actually do another show on the Canadian network here. Um, it's not a competition show, though. So he is on Canadian TV. Maybe you could track him down that way online. You know, be, be, become his official stalker. Uh, no, I don't have time. I, bar- I barely have time. For me in my life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even have two kids, okay? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Parenthood. That's a, that's a, that's a, 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 another facet altogether. Yeah. How old are your kids? They're 13 and 14. So oh. I'm right hitting the, the wonderful era of hormones and, yeah, all of I've that going on. have gotten to the on. slamming of the doors and I Oh, hate we, you. we've had that. We've had the slamming of the doors. We've had the moods. We've had the, I don't want to wear that. I want to wear this. And, yeah, I find myself now saying things in that caricatured way of being a parent of you're not going out like that. You know, yeah, I have to check myself. But yeah, we're firmly in the moody teenage phase now of 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 where there is an opinion on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it keeps me on on my feet. I love that. What's the before we close out? What's your 
what's your secret to parenthood or parenting? Um, a communication. And I know that sounds really, really corny and cliched, but it's so easy to get wrapped up in second-guessing scenarios, second-guessing opinions, second-guessing yourself. So, yeah, communication with your significant other, if you have one, and communication with the kids. And I think the kids is a really hard one to get a hand on because it's like you're coming from two different worlds with it. And it's very easy just to for each other to write the other one off and just go, I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always easy to do, especially in the heat of the moment, you know, when there are differing of opinions and raised voices and, as you said, slamming of doors. It's not very easy to kind of step back and step out of yourself and take that kind of rational, okay, this is how we should handle the situation. This is better. So I think as well, don't beat yourself up. You know, if you're a parent, you're going to make mistakes. You're, you're not superhuman. You're not, you know, you're not invincible. It's it's all part of life. Kids don't come with an instruction booklet. You know, they don't. Uh, no, they don't. I don't. Now I want them even less. I was really disappointed. You know, I checked them over, looked for the label. There was nothing there. So nothing. Turned them couldn't, couldn't down. even send them back. So, yeah. No. But, yeah, you know, don't don't beat yourself up. You know, you, you're, you're a good human. You're doing a good job. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think you're the second gay dad on the podcast. David Bertka, Neil Patrick Harris's husband, Mm -hmm. I think was the first. No, no, no. Well, Cicely Sierra has two kids. All right. You're like one of three. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm in there. I'm one of them. One of three, which is beautiful, you know, talking about representation and, you know, and. Yeah, because when we were in the UK, we were. We were vastly in the minority of um, gay parents who adopted. I mean, we're talking about it was it was double digits, you know. So it was it was that low the amount of uh, same sex couples who adopted. Um, So that's one thing I'm still very conscious of, and especially with you know adopting kids and kids who are mixed heritage as well. You you're very conscious of how you're representing by not even representing. You know, to me and my husband, we're just getting on. We're doing what we're here to do, be parents. But it's every so often when you have people like yourself or even, you know, other other bakers who are on the show, kind of we used to have conversations and it was, oh, my God, what, you, what you've done or what you do is amazing. And for me, it's it's just a case of I don't think of myself as amazing. I'm just doing what doing what I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's important to hear, you know, because um, I I get that sentiment a lot, especially when, like, these beautiful people, uh, you know, it's few and far between, but, like, when they slide into my DMs with, like, lovely notes and whatnot, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just doing this because I love doing this. I love yeah. connecting with people like you. And it wasn't until somebody else slid into my DMs where uh, saying something about, like, being the custodian of our stories in this way, I was like, wait, what am I doing? What? Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah. I guess I am doing that. And so Yeah, it kind of it, sneaks up on you. It it adds this layer and this responsibility which I which I um hold dear to my heart, but at the same time, I'm really here to connect and create a space for mm. us, create a space for you to tell your story, you know, and cuz we need to hear it, you know. Especially well, in as this you said, field. you never know who's listening. So, you know, one of the things I always end up thinking and try hold to myself is be that person you needed when you were younger 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there is a kid out there who thinks, well, I'm never going to have a family of my own or I'm never going to get married or find a significant other, no, you, you can. You will. Yeah. You are, you are the personification yeah. of that, which is amazing. What a great day and a great episode. See... Total mood change. I'm see, happy now. See, I, <laughs> I helped brighten your day a little bit. <laughs> Sprinkle some of that chocolate magic. Yes, yes. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> In a minute. <laughs> hey, we've moved, we've moved on from pineapple upside down cake. We, we have. <laughs> from, from, the, from, the moist, from the moist and crumbly section. <laughs> from the moist and crumbly or the moist and, and delicious section yes um how many times can i say moist and gross somebody out out there moist moist yes no (laughs) oh my god thank you thank you thank you so much for giving me of your time taking a break from the children and you know just giving me some space and connecting with me hopefully this isn't the last of us in your mouth listeners go follow oh gavin give them all the handles the alt sure. twitter um, you know the dirty twitter whatever all, you got all, all the all the avenues <laughs> the best place to get me is on instagram and that's at crumbs in my beard yyz um, if you type in crumbs in my beard, I'll probably pop up. Uh, my website is Mr. Um, at Mr. Mom's Kitchen. That's where I regularly post my recipes on there and do a little blurb if, before the recipes. But yeah, if you track me down at crumbs in my beard YYZ on Instagram, that way then through my link tree, you can pretty much get an avenue to getting hold of me everywhere and anywhere and anyhow that I'm available. Awesome. And I will link that out in the liner notes. Awesome. A, million, a million thanks again. Thank for you so much for having coming me. Coming on with me to laugh and be ridiculous and just, you know, get get a little inside you. Exactly. You know? <laughs> what better way to start the week? <laughs> in your mouth, listeners, go show Gavin all the love. Listen, uh, have a great week out there. Spread some love. I will certainly announce if and when that Pride merch drops so you can, you know, support a hoe over here and we can get it done because hopefully if I can get it done, it's going to be really cute and that store needs a revamp anyway. Um, And that's about it, folks. Have a great week and as always... Thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth.